Welcome to the New Life Podcast. Here we want you to experience the grace of God. So through this sermon, we hope to come alongside you as you grow in your relationship with Jesus. To learn more about New Life, please visit our website at newlifeonline.org. Here's today's message. So we are in the series. We're looking at the Gospel of Mark, and we've been walking through with this lens of discipleship. It's like, all right, what, what does that word mean? Uh, when we talk about discipleship, what, what, are we, what are we saying? So we've been using this definition that I'm going to throw back up here as a reminder. We're talking about discipleship as this, the intentional process of becoming like Jesus. It's intentional. We're, we're pursuing Jesus. We're becoming like him. It's being with him to learn from him how to hit, live like him if he were me. That's from Dallas Willard. And this is the discipleship definition that we've been using in this series. Now, I want to ask you a question that kind of zooms in on the last part of that definition. How are you doing with the whole living like Jesus? Like, are are you living like Jesus as if he were in your shoes, as as if he were living your life? I'm curious if you just pause a, a minute and say, hmm, how am I doing? I'm wondering if you suddenly start to feel a bit of a gap, because we all don't live like Jesus, right? Like, if you're like, oh, I'm not living like Jesus, like, yeah, the answer is no, right? I'm curious, like, when you think about it, what do you start to think of as the areas of gap? Like, when you begin to process, like, okay, how, how, how much further do I have to go, or where am I not quite aligned, what do you begin to think of? I mean, sometimes we can think of, like, okay, there's a sin in my life that I just I seem to keep coming back to and over and over, like, sure. But, but what about the choices that you make. Like when you think about how would Jesus make this choice? Ooh, that's not quite what I normally do. Or how you treat people, your relationships, the interactions that you have. You start to feel a gap form there. Or maybe it's, it's just the ministry or the things that, that you contribute or give of yourself to other people, to the church, to the work of the kingdom. Like, hmm, I'm not really spending a lot of time on those kinds of things. I'm just curious, where do you start to see gap form? My follow-up to that then is, what do we do about that gap? Or or how do you feel about that gap? Like, maybe you're like, okay, I'm clearly not like Jesus, and here's all the way. And man, I feel really bad about that. I feel guilty. I feel really guilty or ashamed about that. Or or like, I want to kind of climb over that gap, but I'm really afraid or, or I don't know how. Like, I haven't been taught. I, ha- I haven't been equipped. Like, I don't, I don't know how to get there. I'm curious, when you think about that gap, when you think about, like, here's how Jesus would be if he were me, and here's where I am, and there's that big old gap, how do you feel about that, and what do we do about that? When I was thinking about this question, I immediately went to my first jobs, like, I'm curious, what, what did you do when you maybe were a teenager? What was the first job that you had? Um, this wasn't my very first job. My first job was a paper boy. Like, I got up early and delivered papers. I did that. Maybe you did too. But I remember the first time that I started uh, in lawn care. So, like, I had mowed lawns for our neighbors just kind of on the side or whatever. And it's like, you know, I kind of like doing this. Why don't I do this, like, more formally? Like, get a job with a lawn care company. I remember those first couple of weeks... I realized I didn't know anything about lawn care. <laughs> these guys were good. Like, they knew how to take care of these machines, and they knew how to use them. Like, the ways that they would just, like, I thought I knew how to mow a lawn, and 
I realized I didn't. And there, there was a gap. There was a gap for me, like, man, I've got a long way to go. How did, how did you feel when you stepped into your first job? Maybe you had a similar experience where it's just like, okay, I've got a gap. I've got a learning curve. Like, what, what are we to do when we feel these kinds of moments, these gaps? I think our text today is going to help us understand when there's a gap between the way that Jesus would be if he were us and the way that we are and how we overcome that. So if you've been in this series, you kind of know some of the things we've talked about, but if you haven't, here's a quick recap. We've, we've been looking at the gospel of Mark, and we saw Jesus show up, and he says, here's the gospel, the good news. The time has come. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's near. Repent. Turn around and believe. Trust in this good news. And then Jesus goes and he grabs some followers. He calls some fishermen and says, hey, follow me. Come with me. Do this with me. And he brings them along. And what does he do? He casts out demons. He heals people. He preaches to the crowds. And all of this is to say, like, here's the kingdom coming in. But it's not just physical. Because he says to a paralytic in chapter 2, your sins are forgiven. There's salvation There's spiritual healing. There's change that's happening in the world. And Jesus is the one bringing it. But not everybody's on board. We see very quickly the Pharisees and the religious leaders of the day, they were not cool with this. And there's controversy and there's challenge and there's pushback. And Jesus even began to teach into that. And we looked at a parable that showed us there's going to be a variety of responses to Jesus. And we see that playing out. But ultimately... He is the one who is Lord. He has authority to do all of these things. He has authority over all creation. And so we get to this moment today where Jesus now wants to say, like, I am going to put this in a new phase. This whole thing that I've been showing you is now going to shift. And we're going to see that Jesus is going to equip his followers to do what he does. So I invite you, if you would, turn to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. We're going to be looking at verses 6 through 13 and then tack on 30 through 32. So if you were with us last week, we covered like a chapter and a half. Now we're going to zoom in just to a handful of verses. But what we're going to see today is that Jesus wants to address the gap question. He wants to address the gap question. So Mark chapter 6, beginning at verse 6. And you might have a heading break in your Bible. We're going to do that second half of of verse 6 there. So beginning at verse 6. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village. Calling the twelve to him, he began to send them out two by two. And he gave them authority over impure spirits. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but don't wear an extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off of your feet as a testimony against them. They, the disciples, went out, preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil, and he healed them. Now jump down to verse 30. The apostles, the disciples, 
gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they didn't even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. So, We've been following along in this journey with the disciples, and here we see Jesus saying, like, okay, I'm going to send you out, and you're going to go and hear the instructions, and then they go. Now, to remind you of something that we covered, which is really a keystone marker in our series, back in chapter 3, Jesus, he's been starting to teach, he's been starting to do a ministry, and he says, you know what, I'm going to call a select group specifically. And this is where we get the 12 disciples. They're named. And, and here's I want to remind you what Jesus says or what Mark is telling us. So chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. He appointed the 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. So this text captures kind of that twofold thing that we're looking at in this series. They were to be with him. He's like, you guys, I want you to come, be with me, come with me, see what I'm going to show you. Let me teach you along the way, be with me, do this ministry with me, so that you can be sent out. See, the whole goal was to be moving towards this sending out. Well, now in chapter 6, we see them being sent out. It's actually happening. What was promised in chapter 3, where it's all going, now it's actually taking place. So, I want to look at a couple of the features in our, in our text today. So, the first thing I want you to see is that Jesus, he sends us out. He sends us out. That's part of what this has been moving towards. So, look down with me in verses 6 and 7. So, Jesus went around teaching from village to village. Calling the twelve to him, he began to send them out two by two, and he gave them authority over impure spirits. So, pause on this a second. If you've been following along in this story, but I tried to capture it a moment ago, what we see him saying here is like, you're going to do what I've been doing. Like, I'm, I'm, I've been teaching. I, I've been casting out demons. I've been healing people. Like, I'm sending you out just like I've been sent out. Like, what you've seen me do, I'm going to now send you to do the same thing. Like, the whole point that Jesus has been working towards is for them to do what he's doing. That, that's what he's moving towards. This, this idea of mission, this idea of doing what, what you see Jesus doing. Like The whole goal is not to just hang out together, like, hey, come along, see some cool things, like you guys get to be on the inside. No, he's got a purpose. He's been showing them. He's been leading them. He's been teaching them. And so what we get is this moment, now it shifts. He's been teaching them so that they can now go do what he's been doing. And that's the next thing that I want you to see. It's like we are to do what he does. So look with me now in verses 12 and 13. So he says, like, here, I'm giving you authority. Now go and do it. And sure enough, verse 12, they went out. They preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. What does this sound like? It sounds like Jesus. It's exactly what he's been doing. 
So like they've been watching him. They've been hearing him preach that people should repent. They, they've heard him teach like here's what it's going to be like for you. And then they've watched him cast out demons. Free people from the power of evil in this world. He's watched them do that. He's seen them bring back life and flourishing by healing physically. This is what Jesus has been doing. Now, they do it. They're the ones who have the same authority. Notice that Jesus, he gave them authority. Like, I have authority to do these things. Now I give it to you. This is, this is what Jesus has been building towards. He's been showing them so that they can do what he does. And they do it. And you imagine, like, in verse 30 when they come back, it's like, Jesus, look at all the stuff that we did. And, like, how exciting that would have been for them. Like, we're doing it too. And that's the point. Like, he is wanting them to do what he's been doing. So Jesus is, is sending us out, sending us out to do what he does. That's the point that he's been working towards. When I, when I think about this, there's a time where we're to learn, we're to grow, we're to, to kind of, you know, take in the information and all that kind of stuff. But then there's a time that we got to do something with it. It's kind of like driver's ed, right? Like if you remember driver's ed, you, you go to class, you sit in a classroom, and you learn the rules of the road, right? You read the book, and you take the test, and you, and you learn, right? But then there comes a time where you get behind the wheel, right? We, we sit in the classroom, we learn, but then we got to go do it. And, and sure, you got to kind of make, a, you know, make to a certain level where you understand things, but r- remind yourself, like when you sat behind the wheel, how much more did you learn behind the wheel, right? Now, maybe if you've got like adult children, do you remember when this happened to you and your kids? Wasn't that terrifying? Like, oh boy, okay, first time you, you get in and, and they're, they're behind the wheel, you're in the passenger seat. That's a weird feeling, right? How many times were you like trying to pump that imaginary brake? Like, that's I mean, this feeling of like, okay, but that's what it's like. We've got to learn behind the wheel. We've got to learn by doing. What Jesus is, is setting them up here is not just to sit in the passenger seat to go along for the ride. They're to learn to drive. They're to learn to do what he's been doing. That's what's happening here. So back to our question. Are you living like Jesus? Are you living the way that he would live if he were in your shoes? The answer is probably not. It's not. But that gap. Like, are we avoiding the gap? Are we just saying, like, no, 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 I'm just going to stay back here, like, that whole Jesus thing, like, looking like, that's for the super Christians. That's not for me. Like, I, I'm in, I'm going along for the ride. Like, I, I'm going where I'm supposed to go. Like, great. But are you participating? Are you contributing? Is that gap because you're afraid? You're too busy? You just don't want to? Like, where's that gap coming from? What this text is pushing us to do is to not stay on the sidelines. Not to be in the bleachers, but we're to be on the field. We're to be in the game. That's the call. Jesus is sending us out to do what he's been doing. So maybe that's a challenge for you. Maybe you feel like, yeah, I'm I'm sitting on the sidelines. Jesus is saying, come on. Walk down those steps and come on to the field. It's your time. It's now. Come with me. Do this with me. We're going to do it together. 
Is that the call that you need to hear? Maybe that's true for you. But I'm wondering if for many of us, we want to be in the game. Maybe we feel like we are to some extent, but it's like, oh, I, I can't be like the leader. I can't be the quarterback. I can't be the point guard. Like, I'll, I'll ride the bench or I'll kind of get some playing time. But like, that's, that's where I belong. Maybe the gap for you feels more like I'm not good enough. I haven't been taught enough. I haven't been in, in the driver's ed classroom long enough. Like, I still need to learn more. Like, maybe you feel like you're just under-equipped. Or, it's like, if you only knew this thing in my life, Jesus would never want to put me in the game. I'm wondering if the gap is something like that for you. Jesus has something to say about that, too. I want you to look with me in verses uh, 8 and following. 8 and following. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So like Jesus, right here, he's like, I'm going to send you out and don't take anything. That seems counterintuitive, right? Like they're going on this journey. We don't really know how long it was, but it probably wasn't just like an hour or two. Like they're going to villages. Like two by two, they're going in different directions. They're probably traveling for days. And what does he say? Don't take anything with you. This in the moment would have probably been like, whoa, okay. You know, really like fear-inducing uncertainty. Like, is he really asking us to do that? I want to highlight two things for you. The first thing, what Mark is doing here is he's helping us see a connection to the Exodus event. See, when, when Israel was enslaved in Egypt, God shows up and does the, the ten plagues, and that final plague was the Passover, is the, the, the firstborn plague. And, and what God says is, I'm going to come, I'm going to do this thing, and here's how I want you to be ready. You're going to leave. Have your shoes on, be ready to travel, don't pack your stuff, just be ready to leave. Sound familiar? Right here, Mark is connecting the dots. This is a dependence kind of thing. See, what God was going to do is he's going to bring salvation. That's happening. And what they're going to do is they're going to leave. They're going to travel. They're going to, they're going to be in the wilderness. But what we see in the Exodus story is that God provides. They don't take their stuff, but then suddenly Egypt, they're giving them gold and silver and cattle and all this stuff, and they're taking that out into the wilderness. And as they're journeying, they get hungry and thirsty. And what does he do? He provides manna and quail to eat, water from a rock to drink. God provides. And so what Jesus is doing here is he's calling attention to the exodus. And what did God do? God provided. In the same way, I want you to depend on me. Go out with not a lot of stuff. Don't be ready for the journey but lean into me, lean into the Lord. He is going to provide what you need. And this is actually further kind of clarified with the call of the shaking of the dust. Now, what, what's that all about? So what they do is they go in, they preach, and, and if they're not received, like people don't want to hear it, they just, they're to shake the dust off their shoes. Now, this was a common practice 
that the Jews would do to the Gentiles. When they would travel through Gentile lands, they would come through, and, and as they kind of left, come back in, into Israel, they'd shake the dust like, I want nothing to do with that. I want to shake the dust off. I want to disassociate, and I'm going to leave them to their idolatrous fate. Essentially, what Jesus is saying to them is like, shake the dust off your feet. You're to do to the Jews what the Jews do to the Gentiles when they don't receive your message. You're to leave them to their fate. This was an scathing indictment, and, and people would have known what they meant by this. But also notice what this meant for the disciples. Your job is to go and to preach. You're to proclaim the message. You're to offer what I'm giving them. And if they don't want to receive it, shake the dust off. You are not responsible for outcomes. This is a releasing. You are not to bring about a certain result. You are to release. You are to be dependent on me to do the work that I'm going to do. This all is about dependence. It's all about dependence. What, what Jesus is calling them to do is to take a step of faith, an act of dependence. Like, look to me, lean into me. I will provide for you. So we've been looking at this image all through this series, and it's the image of a triangle. And I, and I think this is a helpful image for us to, to kind of understand what Jesus is doing. Like, the word and the works. Like, here, I'm telling you what you need to know, and like, you're learning from me, great. Now go do it. The way is not to do it on our own strength. The way is not to say, like, I've got it all figured out. Like, I know everything I need to know. I've got my money. I've got my belt. Like, no, it's to set all those things aside. To lay them down and to operate in the way of dependence, of trust, of feeling uncertain, but trusting that God's going to provide. That is the way. He wants dependence. And this isn't something that it's just like we're to do. Like the whole act of going is part of the training. They are learning dependence on the way. The act of leaving and sending out is part of what God is wanting to show them, to teach them. We don't learn it all, we become experts, and then, then we go. Like, no, we learn what we need to know, and then we go out when we don't have it all figured out. That is the point. We are learning dependence by going. This is what Jesus wants them to feel. This is what Jesus wants them to do. And this is actually captured in another element in his instructions. He sent them out two by two. He sent them out in pairs. Now, uh, Deuteronomy 19.15 says that a testimony is confirmed by two or three witnesses. And so right here, their message is, it's not just one guy who's walking in and saying, hey, I've got this. There's another who's confirming it. And so there's strength in their messaging. But notice, too, what this would have been like for the disciples. They could rely on one another. They could support each other. They could say, like, here, we're doing this together. We lean into one another. There, they're depending on each other. Jesus didn't want them to fly solo. He sent them out in pairs so they'd have support and strength in community. It's all about dependence. And so what is happening here and the very act of sending them out, Jesus is equipping them along the way. Jesus equips them along the way. 
They're not doing this on their own. They're not doing this on their own strength, but rather he's equipping them along the way. This is actually furthered by the last portion of our text. So verses 30 and 31, I'm going to come back to that. So what is, it, what is it he does? He sends them out, and then they come back. And then we see that the, the apostles, and notice the word there, apostles. This is the first time the word is used, and it means sent out ones. They were disciples. Jesus calls the 12, the 12 disciples, but then the apostles, the sent out ones, return. It's the first time we see that. It's the apostles. They come back, they gather around Jesus, and they reported to him all that they had done and taught. And again, imagine that, like the excitement, like we were doing what you were doing. Like that moment would have been so cool for them. They shared all of this with him. This this time where they can share their stories, connect with one another. I'm quite certain that Jesus would have been debriefing with them. Like, let's talk about that. Let's learn from this. Like that's part of what's happening here. Like he is equipping them as they went. But then notice what else. Then, because so many people are around, they're all coming and going, like they're not even able to eat. People are wanting to get healed by Jesus. What does Jesus say? Come away with me. Let's leave. Let's go by ourselves, and we're going to go to a quiet place and get some rest. Who has been doing that so far? Jesus. Jesus himself has been going away. He'd be getting up early in the morning, He'd be by himself, and he would be spending time with the Father. Jesus did this because, one, ministry is exhausting. I mean, these guys, they they learned that, like, wow, this took a lot out of me. Like, I just want to just decompress a little bit here. Ministry is tired, but it's not just because we need to physically rest. Jesus was being filled up by his Father. He is dependent on the Father. He's doing what the Father directs him to do. He is coming to the Father to hear afresh. Here's what I want you to do next. That's what Jesus does with the disciples. They are dependent upon him as their leader, the one they're looking to for direction, the one who's filling them up. Right here is still about dependence. And so that's what Jesus is wanting us to train in, in our going. We're not to have it all figured out. We're not to be at that place where it's like, I've got it all together. Rather, it is about dependence. We're to feel our need for him. He's wanting to remind us of that. So, Jesus sends us out to do what he does in dependence on him. And that's the big idea for today. He's sending us out. He wants us to go. We're not to sit on the sidelines. We're to get into the game. We're to be sent out. And we're to do what he does. He teaches us. He equips us because it's all an act of dependence. So I want to come back to the gap. What's the gap for you? And how do you feel about it? Are you feeling like, I can't do some of these things? Like, I don't know enough. I haven't been trained enough. Nobody's shown me how yet. Jesus is going to show you. He's going to equip you because it's all about dependence. We're not to have it all figured out. We're not to be experts. We're not to have like all of our ducks in a row before we're able to go out. Like that's not how this works. He wants us to go even before we feel ready because we're going to depend on him. 
And that is the lesson that we're to learn. We're not to have it all figured out. We're not to feel like, okay, I've got it. Like, it's on my shoulders. We've been talking about that through the series. It's not on us. It's not a, I've got it all figured out kind of mindset. It's the opposite. It's the kind of mindset where we're just like, I feel inadequate. I feel uncertain. I don't know how to do this. That is where we are to be. We're to learn to be comfortable in that dependence. Jesus is showing us right here through the disciples, them being sent out. I want you to learn dependence. And you can't learn it by me telling you. you got to feel it. So I'm wondering for you, if you feel that inadequacy, if you feel like, oh man, there's certain things that just only the super Christians can do, like that's not me. I'm just wondering if Jesus is coming in and saying, I want you to depend on me. Not on your gifting, not on your strength, not on your expertise or knowledge. I want you to depend on me. Will you go from there? Will you go from there? I was reminded in thinking about this message of, of the Indiana Jones movie, the third one, The Search for the Holy Grail. So, like, you get near the end of the movie, and they've arrived at the cave where it's supposedly stored, and there's all these barriers and challenges. And, and, and so he gets through one after another until finally he kind of cuts through this opening in the, in the cavern, and there's a huge, huge gorge. And he looks down, and, like, this just falls forever. And he's like, I have to get to the other side. And, and the little book tells him, this is a leap of faith. Do you remember this scene? It's kind of a classic, you know, pastor illustration, right? So, like, so he's, he's like, okay, I got it. And he, he steps his foot out, and he has no idea what's going to happen, but he leans forward, and he falls on something that he couldn't see. There's this kind of mirage, covered-up rock face that, that leads a path forward. But he didn't know that. There's that measure of uncertainty, like, am I going to step out in faith? And he steps on something hard. The rock will be there. The rock is Jesus. We're to depend on him. We are to put our faith in him. That's what this is calling us to. So what's the gap for you? Do you see that, like, oh, you know, choices that I make aren't quite what Jesus would choose? You know, th- this relationship isn't quite the way that Jesus wants me to operate. So, some of these kinds of things, like, am I giving of myself my time, my talents, like my gifting, am I, am I leveraging them for the kingdom? Like whatever the gap is and how you feel about that or how you address that, what Jesus wants to say, depend on me. Depend on me. You don't have to have it all figured out. It doesn't have to be all lined up. You are to depend on me. That's my way. That's what I want you to learn. Is this good news for you today? It's not on our shoulders. We're not to have it all figured out. We are to take a step of faith in dependence. That's what Jesus wants us to see. Jesus sends us out to do what he does in dependence on him.